Well, good morning. It is Monday, the 20th day of February, in the year of our Lord, 2023. I'm J.D. Walt, and this is your wake-up call. I'm here in Wilmore, Kentucky. I'm recording this about 11 o'clock p.m.s Eastern Time, and this outpouring of God is continuing into its, I don't know, 13th day, or something like that, and I thought that it would be good to speak this word from I'm outside okay there's still lines to get in this there are multiple venues that are full of people there are hundreds of people seated on the grounds there's a giant screen in which this is being simulcast and it's an absolutely simple simple meeting with just extraordinary reality. Let's enter in with a prayer of consecration. Wake up, sleeper. Rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. Jesus, I belong to you. I lift up my heart to you. I set my mind on you. I fix my eyes on you. I offer my body as a holy and living sacrifice to you. Jesus, we belong to you. Praying in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our entry today is, I'm calling it the greatest impediment to my own awakening. Our text is the Great Transfiguration, Luke chapter 9, verses 28 to 33. Hear the word of the Lord. About eight days after Jesus said this, he took Peter, John, and James with him and went up onto a mountain to pray. As he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. Two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in glorious splendor, talking with Jesus. They spoke about his departure, which he was about to bring to fulfillment at Jerusalem. Peter and his companions were very sleepy. But when they became fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men standing with him. And as the men were leaving Jesus, Peter said to him, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what he was saying. That's the word of the Lord. Now consider this, speaking 
of Transfiguration Mountain. Who knew where this journey would lead us? Who could have imagined what would be now unfolding? Not only in this country, but now in the world, all around the world as a result of this outpouring of the overwhelming, never-ending, holy love of God in this tiny town of Wilmore, Kentucky. Transfiguration. Luke tells us, quote, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. It feels as though Luke is trying to tell us something like, The face of Jesus began to shine with the luminosity of a thousand suns. It was like a pulling back of some kind of veil, granting a rarefied vision to those few most trusted disciples. The actual word for transfiguration doesn't appear in Luke's gospel, but it's taken from Matthew and Mark. The Greek term, is metamorpho. It conveys two senses. First is the notion of to change after being with. Second, it conveys the sense of the outer appearance reflecting the inner reality. I've always thought of this event we call the transfiguration as a kind of now for something completely different kind of moment in the story of Jesus. When asking the question I used to ask when I read the Bible, how does this apply to my life, I came up empty. Like, what difference does it really make that Peter, James, and John witnessed this scene? Good for them, right? But not much there for us until this time up the mountain. I'm learning to ask a different question when I read the Bible. (laughs) A better question, I think, or at least a less self-oriented question. Like, why might this be in the Bible? And what is being revealed here? As a result, this time up the mountain, I'm seeing something I've never seen before. It is in this most unusual term, metamorpho. More specifically, it's the other two places in the Bible where this word appears. Romans 12, 2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but metamorpho. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. In 2 Corinthians 3, 18. And we all who with unveiled faces beholding the Lord, the Lord's glory are metamorpho being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory which comes from the Lord who is the spirit here is the most obvious even self-evident and yet so often hidden epiphany for me and maybe even for you today To be with Jesus is to be transformed. To be with him is to become like him. 
This is what has been so stunningly simple about these last seven days for me in Wilmore, Kentucky. I have quite humbly and very simply been with Jesus in a way that has changed me. I am bringing nothing. He is bringing everything. While this has been an extraordinary gathering, there's nothing here that was not available to me the day before I arrived. I didn't even need to come here to receive it. I just needed to wake up. It brings me to the other surprising discovery in plain view in the text on this ascent. Peter and his companions were very sleepy. But when they became fully awake, they saw his glory. As I've said a thousand times now, the greatest barrier to my own awakening is I'm pretty sure I'm already awake. The greatest impediment to my own awakening is that I'm pretty sure I'm already awake. There's always so much more of the glory of Jesus we don't know than we do. And there always will be until the end, which will turn out to be the beginning. And if you don't understand that, I can't explain it because I can barely grasp it either. The prayer. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Amen. And the question, do you long for more of Jesus? To know Him more? Have you told Him? Will you? Today? And our hymn today, I, I'm, not, I'm not even going to sing over this song that I'm that you've been hearing in the background. Maybe you've been hearing it. Hopefully you've been hearing me too. But you know the tune. I'd encourage you to sing it where you are. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in His wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. Yeah. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, so uh, as soon as I got here, I canceled my return flight. I don't know when I'm going to come back. I've, I've had to buy new clothes. I've had to... <laughs> Some people rented us an Airbnb. It's actually friends, Keith and Pam Coward, Bishop of the Free Methodist Church, called. They said, we're going to rent a big Airbnb, and it's just available for you all and your guests and who's coming. From. And we've had people coming in here from all over the world, like I've said, and the country. And um, so... Pray for us. Pray for us. Pray for us. We um, we're pray and pray for 
the school, this has been overwhelming for this little town. It is, it's been crushing. I mean, there have been tens of thousands of people who have come into this town. The town's only about 4,000 people. And it's been utterly overwhelming. And it's, every night it's 2 or 3 a.m. before we go to bed and it's we're back for meetings trying to just the question is how do we how do we hold the door open how do we hold the door open in the house of the Lord at eight you know and, and then it's you're, we're meeting every three hours to just try to discern what the next three hours require of us and um so it's it's this can't sustain in this particular mode much longer. But we're very much praying about how can we transition and how can we begin to help empower equip carriers and how can we encourage churches? And how can we commission some of these students to go out with this? And anybody who's been here, really, you don't even have to have been here. This is spreading in places where nobody there has been here. It's, and so we're, we're like, how do we capture that? There's no formula, but it, it's actually super basic. It's super simple. It's nothing you don't know, but... There's guidance, I think, that needs to be captured and shared. And Anyway, I'm praying for you all. And I know you're praying for us. So, yeah, I'll see you on the field for The Awakening. I'm J.D. Walt.